because you know, are you, is it always uncomfortable when you're in your work? Not always, but are there times? Absolutely. Yeah. But what I like to teach people is typically people are in a, in a chronic state of suffering. And so when you do the work, let's say you're, you're addressing a wound from previous years that's coming up, will it cause some discomfort? Absolutely. But when you clear that, it alleviates ultimate suffering. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. I'm Bex Mui, you she and her pronouns, and I'm a queer biracial spiritual organizer. I'm here to tell you about my latest project, House of Our Queer, which you can find on Instagram. House of Our Queer is a QT by POC centered spiritual play space where I share affirmations for the queer and trans community. Each week, I host an IG Live queer church, which includes a recharging reading, an astrology update, a weekly spiritual consideration, and closes with a tarot card pull to guide us into the week ahead. Throughout the week, I offer affirmations and gentle responses to current events affecting our diverse community, and other IG Live chats on everything from decolonizing Christianity to queer artistic sex ed to crystal readings. Check it out on Instagram at House of Our Queer. Thanks! This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered Spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome to Empowered Spirituality. I'm joined with Jean Atman, who is a soul evolution facilitator and energy medicine specialist. Jean, how are you? I'm doing so great today. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> um, so please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Um, just tell us your passions, your hobbies, and whatever makes you you at the moment. That is a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, at, at the basic level, I always sort of had a hard time describing my work just because of the vastness of it. And basically at simplest form, I help people move out of states of suffering and create a better existence for themselves. Um, we do that through uh, sort of belief sculpting and through any limiting beliefs that they have had. As you probably know, we develop belief systems based on our, um, our growing up, you know, through our parents and caregivers and things like that. And we subscribe to these things long before we know even what we're subscribing to. And we live in ways that reflect those belief systems. 
And so I find that a lot of people are living in ways that don't really fit. <laughs> so I get in there and I check to see which belief systems fit, which ones don't, which ones do we need to excavate and clear. And I also, being an energy medicine specialist and a Reiki master, I teach people how to sort of read their own energy to empower them into their own healing process. And I do a lot of the heavy lifting for people that um, sometimes we just are so close to our own stuff, it's hard to see from an objective mm. viewpoint. So I go in and I read the energy and see really where the deep traumas are, where people might have been suppressing something, stuffing some things, hiding some things, yeah. because it just felt too big to process through when they first experienced it. So we go in there and we heal that stuff. And along that way, um, I'm a teacher at heart. So I love to yeah. teach people how to help themselves and mm. that our inner worlds are not a scary place, but a place that it's good to get friendly with and intimate with and understand. Um, so we can heal and nurture ourselves into a better state of being. Oh, thank you. I, I love that you said our inner worlds are not a scary place. Um, and that's actually something I've been working on in my own life is sometimes when I'm in stillness or just by myself, I want to like scroll on my phone or I don't want to be with myself, even if I'm alone. And I think it's so important to go to your inner worlds and not be afraid of what you're going to find. So true. And I see that a lot of times um, we are taught and trained to be multitaskers and busy. Mm -hmm. And if we're always listening to music or have a TV on the background, it really does prevent us from hearing our own stuff. And so mm -hmm. I love that you're practicing just being in the stillness and seeing, do I even like my own company? What's, mm -hmm. what's happening in there? How, yeah. how much do I know? What can I learn? Um, so I love that you're practicing that. It's so beautiful. Mm, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of what you do is you, you help people find out where their wounds are, where they're holding trauma, but not just holding, but suppressing. Mm -hmm. um, what is that process like? So I see energy and I see and read emotional energy. So for me, being a very visual person, I get this almost like as a movie script um, mm. in a lot of cases. So they'll show me within a visual of what's happening within the energy and the emotional systems. And so whenever I, I always take people along for the journey. So I do virtual work with people and I'm talking pretty much throughout the entire session, just because I want people to know what's happening on the inside. And hundred percent of the time, people always say, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I'm feeling. I just couldn't put it to words or didn't understand mm. it until, until you gave me this visual and all just made sense. And when all the puzzle pieces kind of fit together, we can see all the parts that are involved. We get clarity as to what's actually yeah. happening on the inside, because it's not just the emotions that we're feeling or just the mental loops that we're experiencing, but it's sort of a full picture of what's going on. And then when you can see all the different moving parts of what's happening, it's so much easier to heal from that mm -hmm. place. So I take people through the visuals and then we correct whatever the misalignment is within those energy systems, move them into a place of energetic alignment. Um, and as you probably know, everything is energy, right? So if we have an emotional trauma that settles in, let's say we're five years old and you know another kid is mean to us on the playground and we take on this internal belief system that there's something wrong with us, we're not good enough, we're not lovable, whatever it settles in the body as a stagnancy of energy. And all the emotions and the belief systems and everything that's attached to that also stagnate within that energy. Mm -hmm. So as we're clearing the energy, all the emotions and all the mental loops and the belief systems also start to clear. Mm -hmm. 
So when we start to decongest our fields of all this stuff, we don't, we're not working through the filters of this congestion, but we're all of a sudden clear and we can see things more clearly because we're not receiving information through all the old trauma and congestion. Mm. So a lot of times people report, you know, even after their first session, I just feel so much more clear. I just feel much more peaceful. I feel lighter. I don't feel so depressed and heavy because if you think about even the energy of depression, it's a depressed energy. It's a heavy energy. So when you clear the energy body, you feel lighter (laughs) and you're not so plagued by all those heavy emotions. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love what you said that clients will often tell you that, oh, you put it into words that I could finally find myself in where you gave me a visual that makes sense to me. And I feel like sometimes since we do so much live in our heads and analyze things and our anxiety runs the show so often, it can be so helpful to have something that's not what we would inherently think of to be. I feel like I'm wording this sentence wrong, but no, you're doing great. (laughs) You're doing great. It's perfect. It's so true because the mind wants to know we're humans. We want to know what's going on, what this looks like. How many turns do we take? How many minutes do we get to our destination? We want to know this stuff to feel safe and comfortable. So spot on. (laughs) Yep. So true. Beautiful. Um, So could you give us a little information about what you mean by energy? Because I feel like people hear this all the time. And if you are just hearing it all the time, you might not really understand what it means exactly. Um, And I know you said everything is energy. So I'd love to have you explain that a little more. Yes, um, let's see how to kind of frame that. So I guess it depends on if you're working with your own energy or someone else's. So um, let's say when I'm working with someone else at a distance, people say a lot of times, how can, how does this work? How do you, how do you read my signal? How do you, how do you see what's happening within me when we've never met and, you know, whatever, talk for 20 minutes. And I kind of compare it to like a cell phone or even a Zoom call like we're doing here. So we dial into this specific frequency and then we can see each other, we can hear each other, we can understand each other, we communicate back and forth. So this is basically an energetic frequency that we're tuning into in order to read, right? And to communicate. So energy healing works the same way. Um, And so as you know, each person has a particular frequency, let's say someone experienced a lot of trauma in their childhood. So their frequency might carry a lot of those wounds until they've healed them. So they might be walking around just kind of feeling a little bit maybe defeated or feeling like there's, you know, the world isn't surrounded, they're not surrounded with love within the world, that it's not safe within the world. So that becomes their frequency. And what happens is the more of that that's in someone's energy body or frequency, the more they automatically draw in experiences from the outside world that reflect that or that match that. So let's say someone is 90% of trauma and wounding, they're actually going to be playing with energy in the outside world that, that reflects trauma and more wounding. So that's why it's so important to heal the energy body, because unless you're healing it, you're going to continue to draw in similar experiences. You know, I'm sure you've heard of the law of attraction, like attracts like, well, this is really true within the energy body. So when you start to offset that trauma and the heaviness, um, all of a sudden your frequency starts to to lift up and rise up and elevate. And then you automatically start drawing in different types of experiences, different types of people. Mm 
And it's a really amazing thing that happens and it can happen really rapidly as opposed to trying to talk about all the traumas, stirring them up within the body, not having an outlet Mm -hmm. for them and continuing to try to mentally work through this process, I see there's some limitations within the mental body. Mm -hmm. But if you're working with the emotions and the triggers, the mental loops and the programs, the belief systems, the energy body and clearing through the energetic trauma and changing your frequency, that's where you see true permanent transformation happening. So, but until you're really seeing yourself as a whole person and working with the whole system, you're really kind of missing some of the really integral parts of true and deep and permanent healing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered your question or not. I think I went on a little (laughs) tangent. (laughs) No, no, that was perfect. That was perfect. Thank you. Um, I love the example of Zoom and to get to this call, we had to dial in we had to click the link and we had to follow instructions to get here and I was actually going to ask you um what is the difference between virtual Reiki or virtual energy healing and then in-person healing Mm -hmm. for me there isn't a lot of difference um and I'm a Reiki master so I teach people how to read their own energy Mm -hmm. and so within the Reiki system in level one Reiki we don't teach distance healing and some practitioners teach it differently. The way that I teach it is the art of self-healing within the first, because if you're not doing your own work, I believe you should not be working on other people. You know, it's it's really heal thyself first, know thyself first. And the more you can understand what's happening with your own inner worlds, then you can feel more comfortable and confident and proficient at helping heal someone else. Of yeah. course, intentions are always, you know, the, the best and easiest way, but Self-healing is really important. So um, hands-on healing, you might experience, like if you're going to a Reiki session, you might experience a lot of warmth through the practitioner's hands. You might feel movement moving through the body. Some people don't feel anything at all and there's no right or wrong way to receive it. Um, And so if you have a lot of energetic congestion in your body, you might not feel the movements of the energy just because there's a lot of density happening, but you'll notice it after session and how life starts to respond to you and how things start to feel easier and how all of a sudden these synchronicities start to happen in your life mm. because your energy body has shifted and is now experiencing your, your reality in a different way. Um, so, and as far as distance healing, and for me, my sessions are much more integrated than just Reiki. Um, Mm -hmm. I opened to channel in 2011 and the way that my visuals come in is something just very specific that I've kind of worked through the way that I read emotional energy since I was a child, I've been developing this. So each person will have a different gift or way that they approach sessions, Um, And I'm also trained in several other energetic modalities that all of those things, I've got a psych degree, all of those things kind of play into my integrated work. Um, But as far as distance, I love to do distance because sometimes when I would do in-person sessions, the physical is so loud. So sometimes it would be on a lot of the physical stagnations Mm. of pain and things like that in the body. But when I'm reading from a distance, it's almost easier to see the whole picture because I get um, the priorities come up in different ways. So it's, it's just kind of a different perspective on the same work, (laughs) if Mm. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love that you said that in some not that it's better or worse, but in some ways it can be even more helpful to have that distance and have almost more clarity with the distance. 
Yes. Yeah. And both are great, you know, and I think wherever you find yourself is where you're meant to be. <laughs> so, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're, um, when you said that sometimes when there's a lot of pain or a lot of depression, a lot of heaviness, it doesn't feel like the energy is moving around as much, but it will start to release over time. And I, mm -hmm. the metaphor that I thought of is a solid. So there's like less space for everything to move around, but it is moving around versus like a gas state where things are moving around really freely. So I feel like so if, true. yeah, if it's hard to conceptualize that as someone who's new to energy. Mm -hmm. Very good analogy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you started doing this work as a child or you didn't start doing this work, but you started tuning into that when you were a child. So I'm so curious as to mm -hmm. what that was like. <laughs> it's a very interesting childhood. Um, yeah. Not, <laughs> I was um, I was born into. Well, my mom was a nun and my dad was a brother, and wow. they were extremely religious. So they met through their music and their religious life. They had to get a dispensation from the Pope to get married. So they did that, mm -hmm. and so very, very, very traditional Catholic upbringing. So here I come in, remembering my past lives and remembering the, the moment before I incarnated into this lifetime and the contractual room that I was in before I incarnated and all of these memories that I come in here with and seeing spirits and earthbounds in my house and all these things that no one else around me believed in. Yeah. So it was a really interesting thing to witness these things and be looking at, at an earthbound and no one else can see it. And you kind of feel like you're a little crazy <laughs> right? because you're like, nobody else is seeing this has got to be something that's, that's happening to me. There's must be something wrong with me. So I definitely internalized a lot of things like these gifts are bad and these gifts are something to fear and there's something wrong. So I should try to suppress this part of myself. So it was a really kind of confusing time. Um, yeah. but then on another level, my household, I grew up with a lot of narcissistic and sociopathic personality types, a lot of toxicity in the house. Yeah. So as a sensitive child and someone who, you know, really wants to keep the peace, I got really good at reading the room because mm -hmm. if that person was okay, I was safe. So I got really proficient at reading other people's emotions trying to keep the peace, seeing exactly what was wrong so I could balance that emotionally, energetically long before I even knew what I was yeah. doing or how I was doing it. But just, you know, when you, when you need to do something, <laughs> you find a way to do it. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't realize until my, my practice was evolving, how this was actually serving me in ways that I could help people who were actually wanting the help versus mm -hmm. just trying to, you know, survive <laughs> when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the process, but really um, I had my first Reiki attunement in 2000. And that is really when everything shifted for me because I thought that I was alone in this process of being able to be sensitive. Yeah. And when I found other people also did this and knew about this and could teach me what was happening mm -hmm. inside, I was like, oh, this planet is okay. <laughs> We're okay in this plane. You yeah. know, there are others like me here. <laughs> yeah. So um, it gave me kind of a green light to explore a lot more of what's happening within me when I didn't feel like it was something so strange, you know? So I started to become more accepting of myself at that point. And then everything just kind of blossomed from there. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And you're so right that when... Um, you're a sensitive child. You're often labeled the weird child because you can see and sense and feel all these things that aren't 
accessible to others at that time. And you're right, it can definitely make you feel crazy or fearful. And I think a lot of people with these gifts end up ignoring these beautiful gifts that they do have because they are so fearful of them. So I think it's so beautiful that you were able to find a safe place for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was quite a road, but I see a lot of people, everybody's got gifts and Mm, it doesn't seem like it's really embraced too much here. It's about following the herd and suppressing what your needs and living for the people's expectations. And it doesn't really leave a lot of room to explore what's happening on the inside. How do you tune to your intuition and how do you listen and meet your own needs? And it's really, it's sort of um, through my practice, I take a lot of people through the process of unlearning things that just don't work and implementing new and improved ways of, of just being connected with self, because when you are connected with yourself and you understand life is easy, it really is because, you know, you can see things coming in that fit or that don't, it's Mm -hmm. easy to make decisions. You feel confident within decisions because you feel it so completely. And so, you know, I always encourage people to just get in touch within themselves their emotions or feelings because yeah. it gives us so much information about what is really aligned for our greatest good yeah yes um i want to touch on something that you said a little bit earlier which was um kind of learning how to tune into our empathy and our highly sensitive abilities when growing up in a situation where it was a security you had to read the room for your own safety um and I know for me, that is, that is how I discovered my kind of empathic abilities. Um, and then that manifested as I grew older as always doing that and almost kind of an anxious attachment style. So always mm-hmm. monitoring everyone and feeling those subtle shifts. And I feel like using your empathy as a, a gift comes from embracing the fact that you can do that, but not feeling, um, removing maybe the fearful or Um, like the need to read other people. Um, So I'm wondering if you have any advice for people who do have this gift, um, but are maybe feeling really anxious and overwhelmed. Yes, it is such a good question. I have huge goosebumps within this conversation right now. (laughs) So much energy coming through. Um, This, it's a really pivotal point when Mm -hmm. you are, um, an empathic individual, and so many of us are, um, to recognize what's your stuff and what's not. Mm -hmm. So when we can manage our own stuff, it's very manageable because Mm -hmm. we're meant to be able to do that. But just because we can feel other people's stuff, we automatically assume the responsibility for it. And we attach ourselves to the outcome. So if they're in any form of resistance, we will try harder. to move them forward because they're not doing the work and we want to feel better. So we want them to do the work. (laughs) So if we can understand that's not my stuff, (laughs) that's all you, baby, (laughs) you take that, you have it, you keep it. Mm -hmm. And you can start to distance yourself from that responsibility that we automatically feel because many of us that are empathic are helpers. We want to see people thrive. We want people to feel good, but at the basis of it is because we want to feel okay. Especially if we had an upbringing that was traumatic, we want Mm -hmm. to feel okay. So when you can recognize that someone else is in a space or a state of being 
um, especially if they're in resistance and to just hold space for that person, take a couple steps back, distance yeah. yourself, either physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever you need to do, and just mm -hmm. get a clear perspective of what's their work and what's yours. It cleans things up so completely and you become, it almost like washes over a sense of relief because you know, oh, I don't have to do that. That's not my work. And the thing that was really um, changed the trajectory for me was recognizing when we do things for our highest good, we automatically do for other people's highest good as well, right? So yeah. we think this person needs us to manage their stuff because they cannot or will not. So therefore we're responsible for them to make sure that they're okay because they're in our lives for a reason. So that must mean we have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. what happens is when you say, that is, that's their stuff. That's all of their work. I'm going to take a step back. You might get a little bit of resistance from them because this person might be dependent on you mm -hmm. or feel like you should have a sense of entitlement that you should be doing certain things for them. Yeah. But when you act for your highest good, well, I get this question asked a lot from people that are just starting to do the work. They'll say, well, this person isn't going to be happy if I stop doing these things for them. So that's not for their highest good. Right. And I say, it might not look like it in a third in 3d, mm. but when we approach mm. it from a higher perspective, we see that all of a sudden this person has the opportunity to deal with their own stuff, to take responsibility mm. for their own work. And a lot of times lessons that we need to learn are not comfortable. We have to get into a state of crisis sometimes to think something needs to change. So from you stopping to do that other person's work, they have the opportunity to kind of get in their stuff, to get uncomfortable, therefore yeah. giving them the opportunity to make change. Mm, yes. And I think you're totally right. We think that we're doing them a service by stepping in and doing the work for them as if that's even possible. But in fact, we're actually enabling them not to get better. And we're denying them their soul's evolution of figuring out their own things on their own. So we're actually, yes. we're blocking that for them. So why yes. would we want to do that? <laughs> so true. Yes, yeah. exactly. So isn't it like, oh, that feels better. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. I can, I can leave them in it. It doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean, yeah. you know, that I want something bad for them. It literally is like, I know that you can. So I'm going to let you. And I'm going to be happy over here doing my own stuff, my own work. Yeah. Um, I'm in a, a, some 12-step programs about codependency like Al-Anon and um, ACA. Um, and something I've learned is that you can say, I'm going to give this to your higher power, whether or not, you know, you mm. believe in one, but I'm going to let, I'm going to give that over to someone, something greater than us to help you with that. And it definitely, you can feel caring and loving without doing the work. <laughs> That's so true. And I know that listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm just going to share this with you. This is on my desk. Oh, beautiful. So it's this woman for the listeners in a gown and she's, she's holding a very large sword and she's got it pointed down at the ground. Like she's resting it and she's holding her other arm up to the heavens, basically saying, I surrender the fight. I surrender this to you. I'm not going to carry this anymore. I don't need to fight for this anymore. It literally is. I'm offering this to you so I can find peace. So I totally concur <laughs> with what you just said. <laughs> you mentioned goosebumps earlier. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to have a switch gears just a little bit. Before we started mm -hmm. recording, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about what it, what being spiritual, quote unquote, should look like and what it doesn't look like. Um, and for people at home, I'm making air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear more about what you're thinking about, what it means to be spiritual. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people walking into walking onto their path and maybe for the first time. And so what I see energetically is a lot of people are detouring all over the place <laughs> and all these lessons and all these hardships, all these struggles. And they're like, what am I supposed to be doing? But when you're on path and basically how I define on path is doing your work, doing your own work. I'm so sorry if I like turn my phone okay. off. Um, doing your own work, um, that's on path. And, but there's a conception or preconception of what that's supposed to look like. So people think I'm spiritual, I'm always peaceful, I'm always positive, I'm always doing a yoga pose or meditating, I'm always, you know, these things that, <laughs> right. and it's, it's not that, sometimes it's ugly, <laughs> you're in your stuff. And so I really wanted to speak to what is real spirituality versus this conception or preconception of what we think it's supposed to be. Because you know, are you, is it always uncomfortable when you're in your work? Not always, but are there times? Absolutely. Yeah. But what I like to teach people is typically people are in a, in a chronic state of suffering. And so when you do the work, let's say you're, you're addressing a wound from previous years that's coming up, will it cause some discomfort? Absolutely. But when you clear that it alleviates ultimate suffering. So a little bit of discomfort alleviates suffering. If you don't do the work, you're always going to be in this heavy state. So when people are on, on the path and they think, oh, I'm supposed to be positive all the time. I, I like to break through that right away because I call BS on that. <laughs> it's not about being positive. And so, and I'll reframe that with something. So let's say you are going through um, a big lesson, which is not comfortable. So there's a difference between down spiraling into I'm here again, life's never going to change. I'm always here. This, you know, victim role kind of mentality likes to kick in at that time. Yeah. So that is the old way of being within that space. You can stay in a positive trajectory by saying this is intense right now. I'm not real comfortable in this place, but I know it's productive work. So you can still experience all the feelings that are coming up with that experience, all the anger, the rage, the sadness, the grief, you know, whatever wants to surface, you allow yourself to feel those feelings, but you're staying on the, on your positive path of saying this is intense, but damn, it's productive. Mm, I'm okay yeah. being in the space because I know it's doing something good for me. You know, so that's the truth about the path. It's not spiritually bypassing your feelings, you know, to always stay positive. It's not that at all. So I encourage people to really feel their feelings because if you're not allowing your feelings, you can't work through your stuff. <laughs> You've got to be able to get in touch with what's happening on the inside. And I see a lot of people, you know, visually the pictures that I get stuffing things down in a garbage can, stuffing the lid down, hiding things. People have created all sorts of amazing <laughs> energy containers for all the stuff that they have in their bodies. And so when you start to uncap that stuff and unpack it, all of a sudden you start to feel stuff and people that aren't used to feeling, it can be intense to all of a sudden feel 
what do I do with this? I don't even know what to do with these things. And so we kind of create um, channels where it's an easier pathway where Mm -hmm. you're not stuffing things down until you explode like a volcano, right? You're sort of gently creating pathways for this energy to move outward. And then more things that surface, they already have a pathway where they can move. You know, so it really is allowing things to come up. And even if it's something simple at first, when you start to get in touch with your feelings, you don't have to go into the most traumatic experience you had in your life. Right. Think about something that was kind of uncomfortable and let yourself feel through that and let it lift, you know, as opposed to stuffing it, feel it. And, and this, it sucks to be here. I don't like this feeling, but I'm going to feel it and I'm going to yeah. let it move through and out. And then when you start to practice that, then you can start to get into the heavier duty stuff and the deeper traumas that might be, you know, kind of, you know, laying dormant in the system. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So something you said, I mean, everything stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, the things that really stuck out to me is that it's uncomfortable to handle these these painful emotions and sensations in the body, but it's even more painful over a long period of time to always run from them. Um, and you get tired of running too. It's, it's exhausting. It is. <laughs> it is. And people use all kinds of escapism tactics to get through stuff. You know, they're, yeah. they, they start to numb out. They do things to avoid, you know, even, even listening to TV, radio, stuff like that all the time. That's also a numbing um, escapism mm-hmm. tactic, you know, yeah. but the more you kind of give yourself a chance to just get in touch with yourself, even if it's a, a walk without listening to anything, just your own thoughts or yeah. meditating. I, I, of course, I'm a huge advocate of meditating just because you can find out so much stuff <laughs> when you just go in and sit with yourself for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but even cleaning the house and just, you know, having mm-hmm. some movement in your physical body will automatically start generating movement in the other Uh, planes of existence to your mental body, emotional body. Mm -hmm. So you start to all of a sudden get insights, you know, just from moving and being alone with your thoughts. I mean, it's so much easier than what we like to think. And let's face it, as humans, we don't like to do complicated things. (laughs) We just don't. (laughs) So, you know, make it easy and just see what happens. And it it really can be life-changing just to give yourself and offer yourself that dedicated space and time. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, but she talks about how her her sons call the shower this like beautiful portal where they get all these magical insights. And she tells them that's just because that's the only place you aren't on your phone. (laughs) When you give yourself that space, that magical insight does occur. I thought that was so funny. Such a good thing to remember. It is. It is. It's funny because my mom just gave me that book for my birthday. (laughs) It's so funny. All the synchronicities. But I always say my shower is my portal. And I think it is something really significant that happens just from the water kind of cleansing everything. You're alone with your thoughts and you've you've got all the different energies. And I mean, I could spend hours in there sometimes because it's so entertaining. Just all the channel that comes through. Yeah, you have a good hot water heater then. That's right. I do. I do. Awesome. But we also talked a little bit um, before we started recording about yeah. the process of ascension. Yes. And, you know, all of these things that we've been talking about so far do definitely apply to that positioning of ascending. Mm-hmm. And basically ascending is lifting your frequency, elevating your frequency into a higher state of being. 
And we are moving from a third density world into an elevated space. So what's contained in 3D is a lot of grief and guilt and shame and um, jealousy and envy and, and shame. And I think I said that already, but all these lower uh, frequency emotions. Yeah. And when you start to cleanse that and, and like guilt and shame, all of those things actually reside in your chakra system. So when you start clearing through the chakras too, that instantly helps to elevate your entire energy body. But when you start to clear and cleanse these lower vibrational frequencies, you're automatically coming into this process of ascension. And the earth herself is ascending right now. The, the planet's frequency is elevating. And so why we're having this great awakening right now through this ascension process is because we are, of course, inhabitants of this plane, of this planet, right? Yeah. And when she's elevating, we are automatically being asked to match that frequency. It's a huge, big ball of elements, right? <laughs> so if that frequency is higher, we need to start matching that or it's not going to be comfortable. So what happens is we're all being asked to purge our stuff. And a lot of people don't know what that looks like to do that intentionally. So those of us that are kind of on path and doing the work and like to teach about it, we find this can be an easy process. You can start to go in and you can just start to gently clear your field. You can get in touch with yourself and your needs. You can start living in that way. And it's a much more gentle pathway to the ascension yeah. process or you have those that are in complete resistance to changing anything and they're kicking and screaming, <laughs> wanting to hold on to the old ways of being. And it can get pretty uncomfortable because yeah. the energy is not supportive of them staying stuck any longer. So yeah. they have to purge. And a lot of times the purging will come from the hard lessons of you're not listening gently to the whispers. So we're gonna get a little bit louder and a little bit louder until you start to pay attention and then start to clean this stuff up. So there's, it's always a choice, you know, how we like to tackle things, but within this process, I mean, it's happening. We, there's no stopping it. <laughs> so I always encourage people to make changes before they come into a place of crisis. You know, we don't have, we don't have to wait for those really hard lessons to just completely dismantle everything in our lives. We can yeah. say, we're a little uncomfortable with the situation. Can we improve it? Can we do something different? What do we need to make changes regarding? And how can we create more joy, ease, and um, fulfillment in our lives? We start to yeah. gravitate towards that way automatically. We're starting to offset the old stuff, you know, right away without even needing to necessarily focus on releasing it, but just focus on where we're going and let that stuff fall away organically. You know, again, it's a much more simple process than what we like to think. We just need yeah. to know what to focus on. <laughs> you know yes oh my gosh beautiful 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 and I want to touch on something else you said but when you said the earth is ascending this is something that's kind of new to me as well um, but how I've understood it is that the earth is ascending and that as the collective conscious starts to ascend eventually enough of us are going to be raising our frequencies that the collective is going to come up to meet us is that true is that an accurate way of looking at it it's an interesting perspective that I've been asking a lot of questions on my meditation because <laughs> I see a lot of polarity happening right now, a lot of duality happening right now. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to see how these pieces fit together 
And it feels like we're in so much of a mess right now where we have one crowd that's really gripping onto the old ways, completely plugged into the matrix, who are not free thinkers yet, who kind of follow the herd more. And then you have the free thinkers who are seeing new and expanded ways of being almost like stepping into the new earth already. And so we've heard about the split earth philosophy and thinking, you know, I'm always asking like, what does that look like? How does, how does that fit? And last year when I was asking, it was almost like um, there was a level of density where a certain population stayed within the ones that weren't ready to kind of move out of the, the hardship and the struggle quite yet. And then there was a, a kind of an outer frequency of people who did move through all the drama, the trauma, the emotions, mm-hmm. the triggers, and, and just sort of live their lives in that way. So for yeah. me personally, my life doesn't have drama and trauma and things like that in it. I've got ease and abundance and a beautiful relationships and all of those things because I've, I've worked through it. I've dumped off all the stuff that wasn't working and you start to build a life around things that do and where it feels good. And you realize that you can, everybody can be a conscious creator. You just need to choose that for yourself. And so when you start to do that, you realize this is an amazing place to be. And this feels more like tapping into new earth energy, the place where we're all ultimately moving towards. But again, if you can get out of your own way of releasing the old density and the heaviness, it's so much easier to come into this place where, I mean, relationships are so deep and loving and Everyone you meet is feels like a soulmate partner where I know you from somewhere. I just feel like we understand each other. You have a depth of understanding. You, you know, everything in your life can be that way, but you just have to be prepared to drop off the stuff that doesn't feel good and then be able to move into that. Mm, That's awesome. Um, I want to ask, so this is all very complicated. (laughs) <laughs> a very interesting new thing to learn if people are hearing this for the first time. Um, and if they wanted to learn more, where would you direct, like, is there any authors or YouTube videos that you might recommend people look into? Yeah, I love um, listening to Abraham and Esther Hicks. She channels Abraham. Um, I love Abraham because I feel like Abraham puts perspective on things in a really direct and simplified way. Yeah. Um, sort of whittles down big concepts simply. So I'm struggling with this and Abraham will come in and be like, well, let's see the truth within that. (laughs) Let's redirect you here. And they teach techniques. Like, you know, if you, if you refocus on something for 17 seconds, you're shifting your energy body, you're shifting your reality. So they give, they offer tools like that to, to where it says, you know, do these things and you can start to change your world. So I find them very empowering, very positive um, to listen to Abraham through Esther. And the other person I love to follow is Joe Dispenza. I feel like his work is just so powerful. And I'm, I'm such a science nerd when it comes to it. I know I work in the etheric realms, but I love science and I love to see how the brain functions and how neuropathways work and, and how we physiologically function and Mm -hmm. chemically function and how we can make those changes, not only energetically, but physiologically and chemically. So that I just, I love Joe's work. So I would highly recommend, um, you know, any of his books, any of his meditations, any of his retreats. I mean, any and all, I totally am a huge advocate of him. Mm, I know he's amazing. And there's a book by um, Deepak Chopra where he, I think it's called, we are the universe. You are the universe. Mm. And he talks about the, the more science side as well. And I, and there is no difference between spirituality and science, but I feel like 
when you're beginning to get into spirituality, you're like, oh my God, energy bodies, the earth is ascending. What is going on? <laughs> it can be nice as maybe a, a new skeptic to spirituality to start hearing like, no, some of this stuff or all of this stuff is scientifically backed and based. Uh, yes. So that, thank you for that. Yes. And Joe, I mean, he works with a lot of belief systems and creating your world through beliefs and practicing how you want to be. So if something isn't working, so what we tend to do is if something's not working, we focus on what's not working (laughs) in really, really detailed ways. Yeah. (laughs) And all the parts of why it's not working. So his philosophy is stop doing that. Number one, (laughs) (laughs) number two, how do you want life to be? Practice Mm -hmm. what that feels like to be in that state of being. Mm -hmm. And what would ultimately is what he's doing within that is shifting the energy. So he's Mm -hmm. shifting the energy based on thoughts. So if you think about thoughts are etheric, right? But our thoughts create how we feel. So if, if you get a bill in the mail and a thought comes in, holy cow, I don't have money to pay this. All of a sudden emotions come in. You're in, you're in lack, you're in fear. You're in all these things there that creates your energy, right? And then your energy emits the frequency to send out things that match that to draw those back in. So -hmm. instead, if you check in with your thoughts and say, I just got this bill in the mail I'm so grateful to have cable where I can connect with people via Zoom. I'm so grateful for this. Thank you for providing me with this ability to have this this cable bill and know that it's taken care of. And you can see in that moment how the choice completely dictates your reality from that point forward. Mm. So you start to practice. I'm okay with this coming in. I'm okay. I know I have this abundance and you start practicing just being okay around everything. And then you will always be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of, so he teaches a lot about that, about practicing um, what you want. And the more you practice something, the more you become it, Mm -hmm. the more masterful you are becoming that, you know, so that's a lot of his work as well. Thank you for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, And just such a simple thing to do is, is reroute in gratitude. That can shift Mm -hmm. us so quickly. It's so simple too. It is. It is. It's just a mindfulness practice. You know, it's just the Mm -hmm. consistency of how often you let yourself kind of fall off the wagon and how often you say, "Mm, I'm not going to do that anymore because that doesn't feel good. (laughs) I just want to feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I watch um, yoga with Adrian videos, especially during 2020. (laughs) I couldn't go out of the house. Um, And her motto is find what feels good. And so I try and come Mm -hmm. back to that now that I've heard it so many times. Yes. And it's a great thing when you have that one thing that kind of pulls you out of whatever state of suffering you're in, that's yeah. such an easy way to help yourself because you can apply that to anything. Anytime you're not feeling good, you apply that. You're like, oh God, that works. I feel better. And that might change <laughs> over time. But for now, if it's right. working, use it for everything, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. simplify. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, we only have a few minutes left. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead and ask you the questions that I ask everyone. Um, So the first is, what would you tell your younger self, knowing all that you know right now? Hmm. I think I would remind her that she is really important and to focus on her needs first, because when those needs are met, you know, you can really help others in a much different way. And, you know, that concept, like, you know, the airplane's going down, put your mask on first. We all hear it. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that we know that. But until you actually assimilate to the wisdom of that, you don't really know it. But when you can start to practice extreme self-care or soul care, I like to call it, then all of a sudden you start to see when I really know how to take care of myself, I also really understand how to take care of other people. 
And yeah. a lot of times it's not what we think it is, but until you get to know yourself, all of a sudden you gain clarity about that and your entire existence can shift. So I would, I would tell her to focus on you, focus on your needs, and then see how that needs to apply to outside of yourself. Beautiful. And what do you hope to learn from your future self? Ooh, <laughs> balance, <laughs> balance of work, I think, um, would be great <laughs> to incorporate sooner rather than later, just because when you love what you do so much and my whole life, there is not much separation between me and my work because mm -hmm. I, I walk my path. I practice what I preach. It's not like a, something I just put on and go to a job to do. It really is all encompassing. Um, and it's fun, <laughs> you know, I enjoy it, but yeah. I think, um, if my future self could come in and say, you know, a little bit more play would be super beneficial <laughs> for you mm. and your life. Yeah. Um, and just let yourself, you know, know that everybody's okay. I have this huge kind of mission in my head that I need to save humanity and I'm on this huge mission. And so to even kind of, you know, balance that out a little bit and say, what made you think that you needed to do that? What made you believe that? Mm -hmm. And people are okay. Trust their process, trust they're going to mm -hmm. be okay. And just be able to take yeah. that time for yourself that you need to. What a beautiful answer. Wow. Thank you. It's always, it does make me chuckle though. Whenever I ask that people go, oh. <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> it is. It is. I do a lot of exploring in there. So I like the big questions. Me <laughs> oh, too. Um, and the next one is how do you connect with your higher self? Mm. I love um, movement. And so I find that, um, you know, if I'm out for a walk, if I'm doing the dishes, if I'm cleaning my house, I, I love to connect that way. And I, I pretty much stay in constant channel because I'm always asking questions about everything. <laughs> I think having curiosity keeps me connected to my higher self and all that is. And it's like, well, how does that work? How can I relay this better? How do I understand this better? Why am I feeling this way now? How do I get in touch with that? So it's just mm -hmm. constantly asking and receiving because as we ask, you know, we do receive. So for me, it's perpetual. Um, I'm kind of always there. Even in my sleep, my friends will call me and say, you're bringing me tinctures last night in my dream. I was like, I need to take some time off. <laughs> <at night. laughs> Stop being so connected to all that is all the time and just rest sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That'll be $30, please. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's oh. crazy. <laughs> so beautiful. And the last question is, what does empowered spirituality mean to you? Empowered spirituality, I think, means know thyself, because when you can know yourself, you feel empowered, you feel confident, you feel like you can tackle anything that comes your way. And it's sort of a, a fearless way of being, because you know that you're always going to be okay. So to me, having that, that sense of knowing that all is well, no matter what things look like around you, I feel like that's the most um, empowered part that we can embody. And, um, and again, the spirituality part is just really connecting with self and all that is. So I feel like um, that connection to that is, is a perfect place to be. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Jean. Yeah, um, thank you. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? 
Um, I think just in closing, just to remind people that um, the process of doing, you know, your own work doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be um, something that is all consuming of your life. It's something that can be integrated in very easily, even just through intentions that I am setting the intention that I am going to take extreme and supreme extraordinary care of myself. And if you wake up every morning and say that, you'll be led to the places that you need to, to go to help facilitate that intention. Mm-hmm. You know, so just be mindful of your thoughts um, and how they're creating your emotions and just tweak those as needed. And it's amazing how even that can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And how can people find you? How can people work with you? So all of my work is virtual. I do Zoom calls and those calls can be recorded for future um, reflection Mm -hmm. and things like that, especially when we get into the deep healings of the layered work. Um, People like to go back and listen to the guidance. And a lot of people say, I was was asked, what would Dean say about this? (laughs) So to have that to reflect on is always nice. Um, So I do offer private work and I also have created a limitless course. It's a nine Mm -hmm. module course containing several lessons within each module. And it really teaches people how to basically unlearn all the craziness that we've learned and incorporate ways that work and serve as a much greater foundation than what we were originally taught. So we manage things like emotional triggers, belief systems, self-sabotaging, inner critic, and we start to build a new foundation. And then I also teach about how to bring in abundance, how to bring in love, how to align with these things. But we can't easily align with all that stuff until we have a, a better, more solidified foundation underneath us. So we work through all of that and then build. And I, just because I love to watch people thrive so much, I'm very a part of this group where I don't just drop the course off in your inbox and say, good luck with all that. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what's going on? What questions do you have? Bring me questions. I love to answer questions because it, the work is so new for a lot of people and I want to be able to be there to help them through it so they can actually make the changes in their life and not feel like this feels overwhelming and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to give up. I was like, no, no, bring me the questions. Let's, let's get through it and let's keep you moving forward so we can actually get into this ascension process. So I offer that as well. And I have a free training on my website. It's called um, how to stop limiting beliefs from sabotaging your future. So it's a kind of a brief synopsis and it gives you a couple steps and things that um, reminders of how to start to shift your world. And then throughout that webinar, I introduced the limitless course towards the end for people who would like to take a deeper dive with me. That's available um, at a discounted rate for those that watch the webinar. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jean. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I'll definitely be taking your free course. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on the show and your insightful questions. It's really been um, fun for me as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Jean. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was hard to even get off the Zoom call with Jean. Let me tell you what. Um, What a beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, speaks so eloquently, so beautifully. Um, Thank you so much, Jean, for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Um, Like she said, she does have a free training entitled How to Stop Limiting Beliefs from Sabotaging Your Future. Um, That's available at her website. It's also linked below. Her website is jeanatman.com. That's atman with one T. Um, You can also schedule a free discovery call with Jean. The link to do that is also in the show notes. Um, There's also a link to check out 
June, Jean's YouTube videos. Um, wow. So amazing. If you liked this episode, please give it a rating and review. Um, I would love to hear any feedback that you have about the podcast. Giving it a rating and review helps more people find the incredible wisdom of people like Jean. Um, you can visit my website, empoweredspirituality.online, or visit me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. As always, thank you for listening. Namaste. It can be challenging to find a community of supportive people to share in our spiritual journeys with. We all need support and love no matter where we are on our personal journeys. So I am excited to announce that I have created the space for just that. In the Empowered Spirituality community, you will receive a weekly video lesson, weekly journaling prompts, access to an additional guided meditation every week, monthly group meetings and teachings via Zoom, and access to a loving and supportive online community. Additionally, all members will receive 20% off of all of their coaching sessions. You can follow the link in the show notes for this community offer or visit patreon.com slash empowered